This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard. My name is Dustin Gold, and you are listening to pain.tv slash gold. This is episode 142, part two, ladies and gentlemen, part two. I told you I would remember to mark these episodes for you. All right, let's take a look here. We're at WashingtonPost.com, and I'm going to read these four articles in order for you. This is in 1995, all right, starting at the time when the Washington Post, the New York Times, and the FBI were sent the 35,000-page Unabomber Manifesto titled Industrial Society and Its Future. So this is written Friday, June 30th, 1995. It was published on page A as in Apple 10. And the title is Paper of Sales Industrial Technological System. The document sent by Unabom, again, U-N-A-B-O-M, that'd be University Airline Bomber, uh, Unibomb to the Washington Post is a densely written anarchist manifesto that calls for worldwide revolution against the effects of modern society's, quote, industrial technological system, end quote. Again, we call that technocracy. That system, the manuscript argues, has robbed contemporary humans of their, quote, autonomy, end quote, and their presumably empowering rapport with nature defined by the document as, quote, wild nature, those aspects of the functioning of the earth and its living things that are independent of human management and free of human interference and control, end quote. Well, as we know, the technocrats of today are obviously trying to control all of nature and merge the physical, the biological, and the digital worlds under the fourth industrial revolution. It goes on to say in a series of 232 numbered paragraphs with accompanying notes, the document titled, quote, Industrial Society and Its Future, end quote, argues that, quote, the Industrial Revolution and its consequences have been a disaster for the human race, end quote, in part because, by definition, organized modern society, quote, has to force people to behave in ways that are increasingly remote from the natural pattern of human behavior, end quote. The document inveighs at length against what it calls one of the principal consequences of technological society, quote, leftism, end quote, loosely defined as the attempt to, quote, over-socialize, end quote, people by repressing their natural inclinations and, quote, making them feel ashamed of behavior or speech that is contrary to society's expectations, end quote, often to the point at which a person, quote, feels ashamed of himself, end quote. 
And so, you know, we've gone through all of that so far. This is a fair, this is a fair assessment and a summary of the paper. It's almost like the Washington Post is just telling everyone what's really going on at the time back in 95. And I wonder how people responded to this when they actually read it. Did they just reject it or did they say, wow, we should take a look in the mirror? Uh, It goes on to say conservatives are equally vilified for their investment in the existing system. But the term, quote, leftist, end quote, is used consistently to describe those in favor of extensive social control, which is said to cause, quote, a whole spectrum of related traits, low self-esteem, feelings of powerlessness, depressive tendencies, defeatism, guilt, self-hatred, etc., end quote. In contrast, the document argues in favor of what it calls the human, quote, need, probably based in biology, for something that we will call the power process, end quote, which is made up of, quote, goal, effort, and attainment of goal, end quote, as well as an ensuing sense of, quote, autonomy, end quote. The manifesto suggests that the, quote, power process, end quote, is most purely and conspicuously realized in primitive societies in which basic survival needs, as he calls them, quote, real goals, end quote, must be met by individual work, obtaining food, building shelter, and the like. In contrast, modern science and technology are portrayed as mere, quote, surrogate activities, end quote, of a culture in which, quote, real goals, end quote, are increasingly unnecessary. That is, quote, artificial goals that people set up for themselves merely in order to have some goal to work toward, end quote. Because these activities purportedly further the cause of social control of human beings, as, for example, through the use of psychoactive drugs or surveillance devices. Quote, the only way out is to dispense with the industrial technological system altogether, end quote. In an accompanying letter, the author or authors state that, quote, as for people who willfully and knowingly promote economic growth and technical progress, in our eyes, they are criminals. And if they get blown up, they deserve it, end quote. See, this is kind of where he put himself in the box, folks. But he even said in the paper, if you remember, we had to kill people in order to get it published. Now, I am in no way defending that or encouraging anyone to commit uh, violence against anyone else. Although I will point out, if you do believe all the narratives that come out of COVID land, the high school theater production, and you do believe that the technocracy and the transhumanists are working to engineer humanity out of existence, they have declared war on us. They have killed many of us. Our countries have gone into war you know, over oil pipelines and other things needed to prop up the industrial technological system. They go and kill people all the time. In fact, it's quite interesting because with the whole Russia-Ukraine stuff going on, we see that uh, Poland and other countries in the EU have been buying natural gas, which they're switching over to under the UN treaties to end all use of coal for heating and electricity. They are pushing people, let's say in Poland, away from coal towards natural gas or home heating oil. Well, the United States, in partnership with Norway, is building out a pipeline to sell them more natural gas, and they want to be the leaders 
in the natural gas because we're going to export a lot of it from the united states as wide awake jim has covered into poland and the rest of the european union and try to take over excuse me that industry from uh russia so we're over there in a war provoking war killing people over uh, oil pipelines so I mean, at the end of the day, you want to get your message across. Buy natural gas from the United States. People have to die, folks. They have to die. It's just the way it is. goes on to say, in general, the manifesto appears to favor a return to a state of human society similar to that of the, quote, noble savage, end quote, envisioned by 18th century social uh, theoreticians. Quote, we attribute the social and psychological problems of modern society, end quote, the document says, quote, to the fact that modern technocratic society requires people to live under conditions radically different from those under which the human race evolved and to behave in ways that conflict with the patterns of behavior that the human race developed, end quote. Um, That actually is interesting because that's not in the paper. In general, the man of favor, a return to the state of human society similar to that of the noble by 18th century social theoreticians. Uh, well, we'll have to look into that because um, it, the word technocratic, as far as I know, does not show up uh, in industrial society in its future. It goes on to say the purely, quote, natural, end quote, world, quote, provided a stable framework and therefore a sense of security. In the modern world, it is human society that dominates nature, thus there is no stable framework, end quote. That condition cannot be achieved by gradual change or political processes, the manifesto states. Quote, industrial technological society cannot be reformed in such a way as to prevent it from progressively narrowing the sphere of human freedom, end quote which is defined as, quote, the opportunity to go through the power process without interference, manipulation, or supervision from anyone, especially from any large organizations, end quote. Instead, quote, its focus will be on technology and economics, not politics, end quote. A cover letter accompanying the manifesto states that, quote, the industrial technological system has got to be eliminated, and to us, almost any means that may be necessary for that purpose are justified, end quote. So again, this is, uh, I find this interesting. I, I love going back in history and seeing what was being written about at the time that a particular event that I'm studying now, uh, what was being written then so the washington post and the new york times and the the fbi get a hold of this manifesto and there's this debate going on of whether or not they're going to publish it so on june 30th 1995 the washington post publishes this write-up uh basically this summary this uh, kind of uh opinion piece here on the manifesto itself all right now we're going to look The next day here, on July 1st, 1995, the Washington Post publishes this. And this is uh, Saturday, July 1st, 1995, page A03. And this says, Manifesto poses ethical dilemma for two newspapers. It says, a serial mail bomber's offer to cease killing if the New York Times or the Washington Post publishes an anarchist manifesto delivered Wednesday has created a sticky ethical dilemma that pains and divides experts. 
quote, it's a situation fraught with danger for anyone who is involved, end quote, said Everett E. Dennis, who heads a media center at Columbia University. Columbia University, where technocracy started. Quote, it amounts to a contract with an unreliable, possibly unstable, and certainly dangerous person, end quote. If the bomber is to be believed, the newspapers conceivably could save lives simply by giving him the seven pages it would take to print his 56-page treatise against modern society. Publishers also would have to devote about two-thirds of a page for annual follow-ups for three years. In letters to the Times and the Post accompanying the document, the man known to the FBI as Unabom promised he would then end his career of mail bomb attacks that have killed three and wounded 23 since 1978. So, you know, what they don't mention is obviously the New York Times and the Washington Post are basically CIA front papers. (laughs) Nobody was talking about that. They're just worried about the cost of uh, running seven extra pages goes on to say at least some law enforcement officials whose efforts to find the Unabomber have been fruitless hope the newspapers will take him up on his offer. Quote, we're looking to any means that would mitigate harm to the public safety, end quote. Jim Freeman, who heads the FBI's San Francisco's office, told the Associated Press a task force of dozens of investigators is based in San Francisco on the belief the terrorists live somewhere in Northern California. Uh, Robert Lichter, director of the Washington-based Center for Media and Public Affairs, understands how Freeman feels. Quote, if you could be sure of saving human lives, you should publish. Journalists talk about the need to perform a public service. Here's our opportunity, end quote. On the other hand, the bomber reserves the right to continue destroying property and wrote the Times that the deal is off if law enforcement officials come after him. Although that condition was not mentioned in the letters to the Post and the Times sent this week, it was included in a letter sent to the Times in April. All right, so this was sent to the Times in April. We're talking uh, beginning of July here. That quote significantly weakens the case for doing this in order to save lives, end quote, said Gerald M. Post, a Georgetown University psychiatry professor who has written about terrorist crises. Uh, Moreover, he said, it is questionable whether anyone who considers himself above moral standards can be believed. Quote, it is senseless to apply moral criteria to the actions of revolutionaries, end quote, one of Unabom's letters said. It is senseless to apply moral criteria to the actions of revolutionaries. Quote, my instinct is that publication is a very bad idea and takes the press down the wrong trail, said uh, Dennis. Quote, a news organization should really not be in the business of public safety and police work, end quote. And I, I, I think that is actually a fair thing to say. Goes on to say the bomber already has won front page articles nationwide, along with statements issued by the publishers of the Post and Times saying they are seriously weighing his offer. Dennis noted, publishing his writings verbatim, Dennis said, quote, ends up making news organizations very weak indeed, end quote. This, see, I find this fascinating, folks. This was the debate that was going on back in 1995. Now, 
who knows how much of this is actual theater, WWE wrestling, uh, all scripted, just just basically a bunch of nonsense to keep the press, uh, I mean, the, the people of the country entangled in this sort of uh, real-life drama that's going on. Meanwhile, they're printing stuff about what the author's saying. The technological society has uh, destroyed the natural world. It's going to destroy humanity. And yet, I don't think the people of the country were actually paying attention to the message of the Unabomber. Instead, they're watching this theatrical play going on of law enforcement and the newspapers working together, even though they're all controlled by the same folks. Anyway, think about that. I'll be right back. Let's finish this up. I want to go through the rest of this Washington Post stuff before we get into uh, too many rabbit holes here, because we have to understand the official narrative. I'll be right back. This is Dust to Gold with the Dust to Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at Payne.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard. My name is Dustin Gold, and you are listening to pain.tv slash gold. Folks, over the break, just want to bring this up. See, I have the mind of a, an elephant. I never forget. I just went back to the uh, PDF that we got of the original copy of Industrial Society, It's Future, and the word technocratic or technocracy does not appear in industrial society in its future so let me just go back here for a moment i'm uh back at this washington post page i'm going to go back to the june 30th 1995 paper a sales industrial technological system and so when we look at this paragraph here it said quote Quoting the paper, we attribute the social and psychological problems of modern society, end quote, the document says, quote, to the fact that modern technocratic society requires people to live under conditions radically different. It does not have technocratic inside industrial society in its future. So that was written in 1995. So whoever uh, wrote that, and it was, uh, this was not attributed to an author just the washington post someone went in and added that because it's not in the original and i'm pretty sure i have an original uh copy here folks i am pretty sure of it all right let's pick back up with manifesto poses ethical dilemma for two newspapers uh, Robert J. Heibel, former deputy chief of the counterterrorism section of the fbi said, quote, I think he will find an excuse not to do what he promises, end quote. Richard Alt, a former FBI agent who worked on the Unabom case off and on for 17 years, spent yesterday afternoon reading the bomber's 56-page uh, treatise. He came away seeing strong arguments on both sides. Quote, the manuscript is a lovingly prepared as his bombs, end quote. He said, Quote, somewhere along the way, he has had these conversations before. Someone who would read this might say, this sounds like so-and-so. 
It might be a service to publish the darn thing, end quote. But Alt also compared the Unabomber to an alcoholic whose promises are worthless than the brown bag that hides the bottle. Quote, he's a hater, end quote, said Alt, now a law enforcement consultant in Manassas. Quote, he's got white hot rage. Trust him? If his word is based on his will, he won't stop. He's driven by anger and he can't control it, end quote. Yesterday, the publisher of Penthouse, a nationally circulated magazine that features photographs of naked women, offered the terrorist a monthly full-page column in the periodical indefinitely, and he renewed his previous offer to publish the manifesto in full. Penthouse publisher Bob Guccione said in an interview that his new overture is an altruistic attempt to save lives, not a publicity stunt. (laughs) Yeah, right. Quote, if we save one life, we'd be thrilled, end quote. Critics, quote, accuse me of everything they can think of anyway, end quote, he said. In a letter to Penthouse this week, the terrorist wrote that he would kill once more even if Penthouse does publish his document if the Times and the Post both refuse to print it. That's because, quote, many people do consider sex magazines to be disreputable, end quote, he wrote. As the Times, and uh, that's uh, Kaczynski there, as the Times and the Post continued to consider the bomber's offer yesterday, FBI forensic and linguistic experts studied every aspect of the parcels sent to the newspapers from the stamps and the type of tape on the wrapping paper to the phrasing and type. Both newspapers turned over their packages to the FBI and were given photocopies of the contents. The post package carried the return address of Boone Long Ho, the chief financial officer of a circuit board manufacturer with offices in San Jose, California. Ho, now in Bangkok, said he had no knowledge of Unibom and cannot imagine why his name and the address of a San Jose house he owns were used. All right, so that wraps up that one. Now, what we're going to do here, we're going to fast forward from July 1st, 1995 to September 19th, 1995. And this is a statement by the Washington Post publishers written on Tuesday, again, September 19th, 1995, page A07. And this is a statement by Donald E. Graham and Arthur O. Solzberger, Jr., It says, for three months, the Washington Post and the New York Times have jointly faced the demand of a person known as the Unabomber that we publish a manuscript of about 35,000 words. If we fail to do so, the author of this document threatened to send a bomb to an unspecified destination, quote, with intent to kill, end quote. From the beginning, the two newspapers have consulted closely on the issue of whether to publish under the threat of violence. We have also consulted law enforcement officials. Both the Attorney General and the Director of the Federal Bureau of Investigation have now recommended that we print this document for public safety reasons, and we have agreed to do so. Therefore, copies of the Unabomber's unaltered unaltered manuscript are being distributed in today's Washington Post. The decision to print was made jointly by the two newspapers, and we will split the costs of publishing. It is being printed in the Post, which has the mechanical ability to distribute a separate section in all copies of its daily paper. So, yeah, the New York Times and Washington Post were going to publish this. The government wanted them to. Guaranteed the government paid for that. Well, 
in the end, what's the difference between the government, the New York Times, and the Washington Post? Now, let's take a look at this final uh, piece we find in the Washington Post archive. And this is uh, Unabomber Manuscript is published. Public safety reasons cited in joint decision by Post and New York Times by Howard Kurtz. Howard Kurtz, Washington Post staff writer, Tuesday, September 19th, 1995, page A01. After weighing the question for nearly three months, the Washington Post and New York Times have agreed to publish in today's Post a 35,000-word manuscript submitted by the Unabomber, the serial mail bomber who has promised to halt his deadly attacks if either newspaper ran his lengthy critique of industrial society. Donald E. Graham, the Post publisher, and Arthur O. Solzberger Jr., publisher of the New York Times, said they jointly decided to publish the document, quote, for public safety reasons, end quote, after meeting last Wednesday with Attorney General Janet Reno and FBI Director Louis J. Free. The papers are splitting the cost of an eight-page insert, which will appear only in the post because it has the mechanical ability to distribute such a section in all copies of its daily paper. Now, let's say that were true. The Unabomber could not be upset about that because if only the post has the mechanical abilities and not the New York Times, that means that the technocracy has not advanced far enough at this time for both papers to have the mechanical ability. That's just a little side note I wanted to throw in there, folks. Uh, Quote, from the beginning, the two newspapers have consulted closely on the issue of whether to publish under the threat of violence. We have also consulted law enforcement officials, end quote, Graham and Sulzberger said in a joint statement. Quote, both the attorney general and the director of the Federal Bureau of Investigation have now recommended that we print this document for public safety reasons, and we have agreed to do so, end quote. The FBI has been investigating the man known as Unabom since 1978, when officials believe he launched the first of 16 attacks that have killed three people and injured 23 others. Quote, neither paper would have printed this document for journalistic reasons, end quote, Graham said in an interview. Quote, we thought there was an obvious public safety issue involved and therefore sought the advice of responsible federal officials. We are printing it for public safety reasons, not journalistic reasons, end quote. Quote, it's awfully hard to put too much faith in the words of someone with the record of violence that the Unabomber has, end quote, Solzberger said. But he said, quote, you print it and he doesn't kill anyone else. That's a pretty good deal. You print it and he continues to kill people. What have you lost? The cost of newsprint. That is not a First Amendment issue. This centers on the role of a newspaper as part of a community, end quote. Graham said that the publication of the special section at a cost of thirty to $40,000 will not necessarily set a precedent. Quote, I think this is a singular case, end quote, he said. Uh, very, very interesting, all this drama that was going on back and forth, is it not? See, back then, I, I said, there weren't many news outlets. So the majority of the country was following along with this. I just I ask older people all the time what they thought of Kaczynski, and a lot of people don't even realize the manifesto says what it said. There, there's very intelligent people I know that never actually read it. They said, ah, I never read it. I never read it. Well, 
we read it here, folks, and it predicted exactly where we are today. It goes on to say, Graham added that, quote, clearly the FBI knows more about this man than we do. Their feeling is there is some reason to believe he will do what he says, end quote. In an April letter to the Times, the Unabomber said he would renounce terrorism, which he defined as, quote, intended to cause injury or death to human beings, end quote, if his manuscript were published. But he reserved the right to engage in sabotage, end quote, intended to destroy property without injuring human beings, end quote. If the Times or another widely read publication did not print his manuscript, the self-described anarchist said he would, quote, start building our next bomb, end quote. At the end of June, the Post and the Times received copies of a 56-page single-space text, plus 11 pages of footnotes and other material. The Unabomber said he would wait three months for a decision. Both papers promptly turned the material over to the FBI. The publisher's meeting with Janet Reno and Louis Free was also attended by Leonard Downey Jr., the Post executive editor, and Joseph uh, Leleveld, executive editor of The Times. It was the second time in three months that the paper's executives had met with Reno and Free to discuss the Unabomber's request, and the publishers agreed early on to reach a joint decision. Justice Department officials declined to comment yesterday. Media analysts have been divided on whether the newspapers should print the Unabomber's uh, treatise. Some have said the publishing 35,000 words is a small price to pay for the possibility that the killer would halt his attacks. Others have warned that the newspapers have no way of knowing whether the terrorist will keep his word and that accepting his terms could encourage violent groups to make similar demands. Sulzberger said he was not moved by the, quote, copycat, end quote, argument because the Unabomber's 17-year record of violence was unique. He said federal and private experts had advised the publishers, quote, that this man does tend to keep his word, end quote. In his April letter to the Times, the Unabomber asked the paper to publish three shorter follow-up pieces over the next three years. Graham and Sulzberger said no decision had been made on that request. The Post and the Times published excerpts from the manuscript of about 3,000 words on August 2nd, but did not say whether they planned to print the entire document. The Unabomber's manuscript is a densely written manifesto that calls for worldwide revolution against modern society. He argues that the technological age has robbed people of their, quote, autonomy, end quote, saying, quote, the Industrial Revolution and its consequences have been a disaster for the human race, end quote, forcing people, quote, to behave in ways that are increasingly remote from the natural pattern of human behavior, end quote. Interesting here that the author also uses the term, uh, well, no, he's the industrial technological age. Yeah, that makes sense. They're not using technocracy or using technocratic as they did in that other piece. And it did not appear uh, in industrial society's future. So we're going to have to dig a little further into that because I've been talking about this with Maria Albanese, co-host of the Thomas Paine podcast on Fridays. And I explained to her that the Unabomber was using the term industrial technological society. So she was starting to do some cross references to see who was using that term uh, back in the 1990s. All right, folks, when we get back, I'll finish up this Washington Post piece. Then we're going to do a little background from the official narrative on Kaczynski, 
just where he came from, where he was born, where he went to school, because then we're going to work into some more in-depth information. I found a great piece in The Atlantic I want to read, and then we're going to start digging into various people that Kaczynski came across in his life. It's going to lead us into MKUltra Mind Control, which we've covered here in the past. We're going to start to look at all this stuff, connect all these dots for you. I just find this to uh, be fascinating. It's something I've wanted to do for a while. So stick with me, folks. If you haven't learned about the Unabomber, you will hear on the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. My name is Dustin Gold, and I'll be right back from this short commercial break. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. 